The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Inside Out with your host, Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic, green, red, or blue, how are you doing in this holiday season? Is this season getting to you, making you green with envy, red with frustration, or just altogether blue? Remember that song, it'll be a blue Christmas without you? (laughs) Or are you feeling great, green as in abundant, red as in jolly, or blue as in serene? Or some mix of the above. To help us get centered for this holiday season, we've invited back the warm and wise Helen Helix DeSanto, intuitive marriage and family therapist, who will help us explore what's going on inside us during the holidays, why we get stressed, overindulge, and overspend, and how we can turn this holiday season into a time of nurturing for our bodies, minds, and spirits. Madame Mazurka and the guru, two of best alter egos, may also make an appearance and add their delightful and unexpected comments. So let us support one another to make this holiday season the best one yet. So email or call in questions. And now, here's your host, Beth Green from the Inside Out. Hi, everybody. Well, I'm really looking forward to this show because I'm feeling blue, and I don't know why. So I want Helen to fix me. Uh, you know, we chatted a little bit before the show, and I told her. So I don't think she's hung up because of that. But <laughs> anyway, let me first... Uh, give you a some comments on our last show for those of you who remember our last show was about men getting real about their, why they're angry at women and it was a great show i mean men got honest we all laughed it was terrific and uh here's the messages we got well our helen uh, she wrote in, and she said, another great show, Beth and Guys. Thanks so much, Todd, Jim, and Christopher, for your openness and honesty. And by the way, just in case you thought we women were putting the supplying the words, it was three guys from the Streams Men's Group, Men Getting Real with Men, talking about what they've learned about uh, why they're angry at women and how they blame women for not being the perfect mothers and all that. It was great. Anyway, back to the email. It is so refreshing for us all. It helps me have more compassion for myself and for my husband, especially. But even the parenting issues really supported me. Thanks. So if you feel inspired to find out why men are angry at women, whether you're a guy or a woman, please check our last podcast. And um, maybe you may agree, you may disagree. You can always send me an irate email. Okay. And then we got an email from Chris Reese. And she said, just finished listening to the show, Men Getting Real with Men, about their anger towards women. Bravo to the men who shared. Thank you to them for being real. I loved that you included how women are babies, too. I am. Well, she's referring to the fact that the men talked about how they were babies. It's become a regular part of... Now, this is the part, of course, that I like the best. It's become a regular part of my weekend to iron clothes and listen to the show. I really look forward to it every week. Does she mean she's looking forward to 
ironing clothes or the show. So we're going to hope that this is uh, looking forward to the show. So here we go. So let's see. Before I introduce our guest, um, I usually talk a little bit about what's either going on here or something about the topic. And I'm noticing that I'm feeling kind of down. Now, I have to tell you that it's gray here. It's been gray. It's been incredibly gray, and it's been cold. Uh, this is supposed to be a place where it snows once or twice a year, and it melts in a day. And here it's been almost two weeks, and there's still ice on the ground. And uh, Anyway, could that be it? No, that's not it. Then I think, well, is it me? Is it something going on in my life? No, my life has never been better. So what is it that's making me blue? So uh, I would like to blame it on the collective. That's one of my favorite things. It's not my feelings. It's the collective. Other people are feeling blue, so I'm feeling blue too. You know, that one has the ring of truth. That could be the case. So I'm not going to sit and babble about that anymore. I'm going to invite on our guest, Helen Hillux DeSanto. She's been on our show before. She's a great guest, and uh, she's a marriage and, uh, fam- marriage and family therapist and intuitive counselor, and uh, she has a lot of experience with this. So welcome one more time, Helen, to Inside Out. It's great to have you as a regular. Thank you so much, Beth. I'm just thrilled to be here, and I'm so happy to talk about this topic. Oh, because. Well, it, because it does, it so affects us all, and I love what you said, and I completely agree that the first two shots at describing why you're feeling blue had no oomph to them at all. <laughs> <laughs> Helen yet, isn't intuitive. But the collective, when you said it's in the collective, I think that really got me, and I think that's so much of what relates to this topic in general is why, how and why do we feel the way we feel during the holidays? And so much of it is the collective. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do we see? You know, we see ads of everybody's with their families and they're sitting around the long table and they're having their dinner and everybody's so happy, 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 happy. Right. It's and the most people. wonderful time of the year. <laughs> yeah. So are you trying to say that there's a lot of people out there who are not happy, happy, and we feel their pain? Yes. <laughs> and Yes, absolutely. We feel their pain and we feel our own pain because it never is like it is on TV, is it? <laughs> no, or it's it, not. No, now, no. Okay, I would like to make a comment about that the way it is on TV. I feel nostalgic. The, we've been traveling. Those of you who've been following our show know that uh, James and I took off um, at uh, October 19th, and we thought we were going on vacation. We came to Oregon, and we never left. And so life has been very chaotic ever since as we're trying to figure out how to make this transition. And I found myself whimpering, I mean truly, honestly, whimpering as I heard this song, <laughs> I'll be home for Christmas, so, you know, because we keep finding ourselves in these temporary situations. We have, we have been in the same place for two inside outs now at my desktop computer, I want you to know, and we're going to be here for a while, at least another two months maybe, month or two. And so here I am, I'm listening to I'll Be Home for Christmas, and I feel so sad, 
And it brings back all this nostalgia about Christmas, right? Family and the tree and everything. Now, I have to tell you the truth, guys. I never had that. What am I being nostalgic about? I was brought up Jewish. We didn't have a tree. There was no Christmas. There was no Santa Claus. Uh, there were no presents. Uh, I lived in New York, so there might be snow. But it was Hanukkah. I'm not sitting here whimpering, oh, I'll be home for Hanukkah. You know? <laughs> and, and, you know, okay, later on in my life, when I found myself in relationships with some guys who were Gentiles, I actually got a little bit into the Christmas spirit. I think I was 35 before I had my first Christmas celebration, and we had a tree, and we brought each other an outrageous number of presents. And I said, oh, I finally had an experience of what it was like to be Christian. And uh, it was fun. You know, it was fun, but then I didn't do it again. I don't know, maybe 20 years later, I celebrated Christmas. Uh, last year, James and I finally bought a Christmas tree, Um I think it was the, either the day of or the day before or the day after Christmas and put it up. James, was that the day after Christmas? Yeah, it was. Okay. I mean, that's just how much Christmas really impacts me that we didn't even think about putting up a tree until the day after when everything was on sale. So, and yet I'm whimpering about I'll be home for Christmas. So is, there's an association you know, I, there's two things going on. One, I have an association that even I have developed an association with Christmas about comfort and joy that never really existed. And the other is that I might be tapping into the collective, at least in this country and in many countries in Europe and Latin America where people, a lot of people celebrate Christmas and they're thinking about Christmas and their childhoods. And I would bet you dollars to donuts that they're having nostalgia for the Christmases that they never had either. Well, I think that's so true. And it, I think two ways. I think that either you're having nostalgia for Christmases that you think you did have. <laughs> but if you, if you don't scratch the surface very deeply, you have nostalgia for the Christmases that you think you had that probably you didn't have anyway. Yeah. Or you have nostalgia for something that you've always longed for and never had. And yeah. when you when you were saying that about I'll be home for Christmas, I was thinking the word belonging. Yes. And that the Christmas holidays and the Thanksgiving and Hanukkah even, you know, they all represent this idealized sense of belonging and the comfort and the warmth of the hearth and the you know yeah. the, the, the And let's let's remember to throw in Kwanzaa. Yes, yes, yeah. let's throw in Kwanzaa. Yeah. Yes, so, you know, all of those, they represent that sense of belonging and connection that we all do genuinely long for. And I think that brings up either you do have it in your life and you can't wait to celebrate it with those that you love. And I think that's what was going on with you and James last year, mm -hmm. was you finally felt that connection and belonging and and, you know, and this was just another opportunity to celebrate it. Not that you don't celebrate it every day. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think there's the other side of it is there's so much pain around the holidays because there are so many lonely people. Yeah. And, and even people who are in families, you know, how many times have you as a counselor and you too, James, heard people come in and dread going home for Christmas? Oh, my God. Well, 
I dreaded going home at that is to the family abode for any reason. <laughs> Didn't just have to be at Christmas. But especially with the holidays because of all the stress that's associated with it. True. You know, and, that's and the strain. The, the strain of being with your relatives and, and, and being on a more superficial level than you normally are with your friends. Yes, How true, James. The or, or having your your stuff reactivated when you're back around your parents and they're still treating you like a child. Exactly. And you're still acting like one and feeling like one. I, I love that. I love that because the talk about being around your relatives, the people that you relate to the least. Now, I'm not saying that everybody does not relate to their parents or their siblings or their cousins, but I had some relationship with my parents and some relationship with my brother and almost no relationship with anybody else in my family. And I would not want to revisit any of it, honestly. It wasn't, it wasn't comforting. It wasn't comforting and it wasn't comfortable. And you're, and you're right. And there was so much going on among the people. You know, you're sitting at the Thanksgiving table and there's all kinds of strains among all the people who are sitting at that table and they're not talking about it. Right, right. But what are they doing about it? Eating. You know, exactly. Yeah. Some eating and some people drinking. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people drinking, um, but everybody's eating. And that's certainly another aspect of it is that we either have, <laughs> you know, b- being someone who struggled with overeating all my life because of the association between comfort and pleasure and food, you know, the holidays are a very, well, intense time. They can be intensely associated with times of comfort and then they're intense not wanting to repeat that overindulgence and and indulge in that sugar high or whatever. Mm. So there's just a lot of, you know, intensity. Some people just with abandon having a great deal of association with the pleasure and the the overindulgence of food and alcohol and sugar with the holidays and they can't wait. Yeah, right, until they can overindulge and then they suffer all kinds of sugar hangovers and alcohol hangovers and then you have that that uh, New Year's resolution that you're going to lose weight. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Helena, Crazy. Let's, let's, let me ask you, um, what's your association with Christmas? Uh, we have a couple of minutes before the break, so let's get us rolling with your personal well, association. You know, I don't, maybe, you'll probably bust me on this, but, okay. <laughs> you know, I really love the holidays, love the holidays. Now, part of that may be my association with the comfort and the pleasure of the food that my grandmothers used to make, mm. but my grandparents lived on the farm, and we would go from the small city out to the farm, and we would get to play in the snow, and, you know, the parents were not stressed because they weren't working and we would make snowmen and we would eat you know turkey and mashed potatoes and pecan pie and you know it was just and and we got presents and my family was poor you know we did there wasn't any of the give me an ipad kind of thing (laughs) you know we were lucky if we had a pair of shoes to wear the whole year yeah Um, 
you know, and if they wore out, my parents would be scrambling to find money to buy another pair of shoes. So, yeah. but but at Christmas, somehow the grandparents, you know, got us presents and the parents got us a few things also. So it was a time that seemed like a real celebration and gift giving and, you know, things that were really different than the rest of the year. I remember lying in my grandparents' old feather bed in the upstairs bedroom and, you know, looking for Santa out the window and listening for the sleigh on the roof. Oh, my God. You are ruining the entire show. Didn't we just talk (laughs) about people having a longing for something that never existed? Well, no, but I also said said sometimes (laughs) it really is a longing for something that really happened and sometimes, you know... So I, it's re, it was real. I mean, there was something really fun about it. That's yeah, there's, right. There's something I'd like to share, the opposite kind of view. A lot of Christmas is delusional. Mm. I mean, as a kid, we were told, there's a Santa Claus. That's delusional. <laughs> and we keep, and the, and the Frosty the Snowman, who gets up and dances around with the kids and runs around until uh, the sun comes out and you can see he melts. Uh, all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much delusion around Christmas, and we keep fe- feeding the fantasy, feeding the fantasy, feeding the fantasy to escape from reality. Well, well that's he, true, too. Yeah, and that is interesting. So I'm not going to, you know, it may be true, Helen, and what you're saying about your parents being away from the stress and all of that. But I, I do wonder, and we're going to be coming on to break in just a, a minute or so. I, I do wonder, did you overeat at the holidays even as a child. Oh, I'm sure. We all well, that was that was a family tradition. And so why did we? Because yes. there, there of course there must have been some underlying anxieties going on. Okay. So they're they're coexisting. Oh. They're coexisting. Okay. Hold that thought. We're gonna go deeper with the plunger. So we are now gonna go to commercial break. Don't go away. We're talking to marriage and family therapist Helen Hillux DeSanto about the holidays. How do you feel? How are you really doing this holiday season? And we encourage people to call in and tell the truth about how they're doing too. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, bethgreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Hi there, everybody. Welcome back. So we just got Helen where we wanted her in this cliffhanger where she admitted there had to be some stresses going on in this perfect Norman Rockwell chestnuts falling on the open fire. Uh, otherwise, people wouldn't have been overeating. But instead of pursuing that, I'm letting her off the hook temporarily because I'd like to get to uh, the green. The We have the... Um, the green, the red, or the blue. Well, we've been talking about being blue because our experience isn't really exactly what we're hoping for or we're being impacted by other people's unhappiness. Why don't we take a look at some of the other colors now? What about green with envy? Hmm. Well, we mentioned a few minutes ago how many lonely people there are Yes. That's that's one thing that I think people have a tremendous amount of envy about when they are lonely and other people are connected or as they perceive that they are connected. Yeah. And and the gift giving, the whole idea of how much money people spend on Christmas. My sister was mentioning this to me the other day that she worked with a nurse that spent $10,000 on her kids for Christmas. That oh, was you're their kidding. That wow. was their budget every year. They spent $10,000 on their children for Christmas. I just about fell off my chair. Yeah. But, but just think about the envy of all the people especially in these hard economic times that are so challenged to buy their kids anything and the kids then who see all these other kids at school getting iPads for Christmas or whatever and they get, you know, a new pair of jeans or something. Yeah. The, I think the inequity makes for a tremendous amount of envy and misery around the holidays. And the parents yeah. who feel guilty that they cannot provide their children with the quintessential Christmas experience. Right. Well, you know, we grew up, as I said, I, I grew up in a Jewish family and we had Hanukkah. And... To us, if you got one gift at Hanukkah, that was a lot. And we didn't know that it was a big competition with Christmas. We were not brought into that little secret that people are supposed to give their kids gifts every day in order to make them feel okay that they're Jewish instead of Christian. <laughs> so, and we were right. poor too. And, uh, you know, we were lucky if we got a piece of milk chocolate in this, you know, in, in uh, the shape of a coin. And, uh, I didn't have an association, and I think this is a, you know, a striking difference. I did not have an association that holidays and gifts went together. To me, a religious holiday or a traditional holiday was about eating. <laughs> that did go together. Um, it was about eating, and it was about family, but it was not about money. And so, uh, thank God, we were spared that. You know, at least in our family, we were spared that. And of course, I, I grew up in my, I'm almost 70. So, I was growing up at a different period where there was less integration in the, all the society. But as a child, I had another kind of envy because then I would look at uh, 
the uh, the Christmas decorations in other people's houses and all the airtime that they were getting and Christmas music and all of that. And I had a choice at that time. I'm not saying this is the most mature response, which was to either feel left out or to be resentful. And I think most of the time I felt resentful. Like, why did they have all this time? How come their religion is getting all of this prominence and ours isn't. So that adds another dimension. Um, people from different cultures or different backgrounds or different religions may also be pushed out of this uh, because they, they don't belong. And I ultimately decided to make it part of, you know, you talked about, Helen, it was so important about b- belonging. It's like, well, I belong in this society. I'm very much an American in I didn't know I was that much of an American until I traveled overseas and saw how freaked out I was about the public bathrooms in so many other places that people there seemed to find perfectly normal. So, (laughs) 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 you know what I mean? And I said, oh, my God, I'm such, such an American. Or I was in the Caribbean and people, you know, would squash insects against the walls and not clean it up. I'm not saying that everybody did this. I'm just saying that, that, you know, there were so many differences to from the my very pristine sort of uh, a background of the kind of cultural expectations that I had in society so uh, there's there's a lot of people who have different cultural backgrounds who might be feeling left out also and feel some kind of conflict about where do they fit I'm sure that's true and of course it just exacerbates a, a feeling they have all year round but especially intensified around the holidays. Yes. Yeah, whose holiday is it anyway? And then if I agree that there should be a cross on Mount Soledad because it's been there such a long time, then does that make me a betrayer of my culture? Is it okay to have a nativity scene in the school or am I betraying my religion by not protesting? It, it creates a lot of inner conflict and we are a very diverse multicultural uh, society despite the fact that so many Christmases look like uh, pleasant pl- uh, events in Connecticut with snow on the ground with all white families yeah that's what they show the, and that's exactly what you had so what about the yes. red with frustration well, you know what the first thing that comes to my mind, the red with frustration, is Black Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, <laughs> and people beating each other up to try to get the best deal on a flat screen TV so that their family can look affluent or like everybody else's family. I mean, isn't that the quintessential symbol of, yes. of frustration, the frustration of being poor, the frustration of you know, not being able to create the fantasy, as James was alluding to earlier, that, you know, that the family seems to want to ask for, to beg for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's the frustration of not being able to afford the kind of Christmas that you think you should be providing for your family, or the frustration of, of seeing all of the injustice around the frustration of the I, I see this on Facebook, the frustration of people saying, I'm not going to forget the Christ in Christmas, are you? <laughs> you know? yeah, it's like Happy holiday. Has, right, somebody has to remind you of that. 
Exactly. Yeah, like, my God. My God. Well, and then uh, what about how you feel if you're not part of this extended family and nobody's giving you any gifts? And you exactly. you have to go to the holiday to the uh, your office Christmas party if you're lucky enough to have a job, and uh, you know somebody has been designated to give you a ten dollar gift who doesn't even know you and gets you a CD of music that you'd never listen to if it, you know if for in a million right. years. <laughs> right. Well, actually, that's what my family started doing: uh, uh, draw a name and get a present for uh, that person, and then uh, surprise them. And so we would gather the whole clan, and uh, you, you would find out at that time what your one gift was going to be. Oh, and then we added another wrinkle after that. The next year, uh, we, the, it was decided, I, didn't, I was not part of that decision, that somebody else could then uh, take your gift if they wanted to. And oh. then you had to uh, find another gift from somebody else. And that they made me kind of green with envy. <laughs> they, they could just take it? They yeah, yeah. That uh, uh, in addition it's to a drawing a name, now oh. now they could uh, uh, have a kind of a random uh, opportunity uh, to, to then draw your gift or any, anybody else's gift in the circle. Put it that way. Yeah, it's a game. I can't yeah. remember the name of it, but my family resorted to that too the last couple of years, and okay. it was a huge, you know, uh, free for all. Yeah. That was the antithesis to me, yeah, the absolute of antithesis of Christmas is right. everybody brings a $25 present or whatever right. kind of present right. and, and then you put them in the middle and then you get to go pick one of those presents and everybody, they can either pick your present or they can pick one out of the, out of the bunch in the middle, but you right. can only steal somebody's present. It can only be stolen two times. <laughs> That's the spirit uh, of Christmas. I mean, this is it. This is oh, Christmas. I, I steal, from, steal from each other. <laughs> exactly. This is Christmas. Talk about frustration. And then the people who wanted their gift are so frustrated that somebody oh, that stole was me. it. That was I me. Mean. Somebody took the one I wanted. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, That's okay. Crazy. So we, we've invited you on the show because you're supposed to turn all of this around, Helen. No pressure whatsoever. <laughs> but I, I can't remember what the words were. But, oh, green with nurturance, red with jolly. Blue with calm or serenity or something serenity, like that. Right. All right. So what are, what are you suggesting? What's your, uh, well, not diagnosis, your a recipe for recovery? Right now, instead of waiting till the holidays are over so that you can just <gasps> breathe, what, what do you have to suggest right now? Well, one of the things that's interesting is I had a client this morning who's in a very lonely kind of situation and nowhere to go really for Christmas. Maybe he'll go you know, to to this one person's house. But I I basically said, you know, we all should look at Christmas as just another day. Mm-hmm. And whatever makes us happy on another day, which usually is connecting and being real with people and being connected to the oneness, you know, if we can remember to do that on Christmas, then Christmas is just like any other day. And then every other day gets to be Christmas. Right. Because, because the gift is connecting. The gift is giving what we have to each other. But isn't that the problem is that people aren't connected? So you don't have enough of that either. Exactly. (laughs) I don't know. That's not going to work. If people aren't feeling connected, that's dismal because then they'll feel just more depressed. Oh, my God, I'm alone just like I am every other day. All right, you have to try another one. That's that's connecting to the oneness. (laughs) Then, then, Then you can connect to the oneness in a positive way. 
Well, how about how about giving the thing you want? Isn't that the thing that we're usually told that we should do? Absolutely. That you know, that brings up the whole a whole other way of looking at Christmas, which is to do that is to yeah. make charitable donations. Um our family this year is planning to go to I don't know if it's the Salvation Army or where it is, but um to serve food to the homeless mm-hmm. on Christmas morning as a as a way to start our day. Yeah. And I just love that idea. And we've done various other things in that regard in terms of giving donations instead of gifts to people. You know, we don't need anything. We're not poor anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I love that idea that giving the thing that we want, which is giving our love and caring to other people. And then you do feel the connection. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'd like to share, too, that I've done something along those lines as well. Uh, I, uh, for several years in a row, would go with a, a, a church group, a, a New Thought Church, from San Diego uh, down into Mexico to a couple of uh, places there. And we would each uh, buy one or more toys uh, or bicycles or what have you to take it to a poor village. And then every single kid in that village uh, would come up and they'd get some kind of a present that would enrich their Christmas. And then uh, uh, after that, uh, one of the Christmases, uh, my spouse at that time and myself, we uh, decided to donate uh, uh, enough money to help buy a, uh, a milking uh, cow for a poor village, so that uh, a family in the village, so that they can have a way to have milk and then also sell milk to others and help them support, be supported that way. And that felt really good. And so it didn't depend upon family, but we did feel connected with helping other people. And that was very gratifying. Okay, so because I seem to be Mr. Grunch today. Grinch? Grinch? <laughs> Grinch. Grunch. 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 <laughs> Somewhere across between Grunch and Grinch and Scrooge. Um, yes. Uh, okay, I'm going to throw in wonderful. So people, poor people get to eat breakfast once a year. Yep. Twice. Then they get to have Thanksgiving. Give me a break. You get to now. Is I, I tell you, I'm being horrible today, but this this is my job. This is inside out, right? It's my job. So okay, so you could look at it another way. You could say you could sit there and say how resentful uh, we are. I know that people will say, "Oh, isn't this a wonderful thing to do?" But um, you know that these people who, uh, come in and don't for their own benefit for them to feel good about themselves they do something generous once a year and uh, walk away and feel like they've really changed my life and all of it it's done is make a contrast to every other day of the year when i'm hungry what i like about what you were just sharing james is that at least you're giving something that keeps on giving yeah that felt very gratifying okay there's a big thrust I think there's a there's a big thrust in that direction. There's a lot of marketing nowadays of giving, you know, seeds or trees or animals that can reproduce or, you know, more self-sustaining loans to African women who want to start a small business making potato salad for their for sale, you know, things like that. Um so I think people are are trying to move in that direction, but I think 
the the theme that you're bringing up just one day a year and the ridiculousness of that is a very well made point and i think going back to we need to start seeing every other day as christmas and how do we do that if we long for connection you know it just keeps bringing us back to the same point that consciousness is the answer that we need to work toward consciousness in our relationships and in our society so that we can feel more connected every day, not just the fantasy of doing so on Christmas. You know, I really like where this is going, uh, grunge or not. Uh, I lo- I'm beginning to perk up here. I like where this is <laughs> I-, I think the <laughs> Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> I noticed nobody has called in yet and said anything irate or talked about their misery about Christmas. But that's fine because we have enough uh, to go around right here. But I that's think right. that, uh, the point that you made before, uh, Helen, I believe, which was uh, about making everyday Christmas and Christmas every day, is really the answer to the whole thing. What this reminds me of is binge and purge. You know how you know we are mm. with eating? We eat, overeat, and then we go on a throw, diet. Yeah, we go on a diet, and um, that's that's what Christmas. As we're talking about it, that's what's coming to me. That mm-hmm. we make Christmas a day of binging on connection, even if it's sentimentality and not real. Mm-hmm. Binging on food, binging on gifts, binging on giving, binging, 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 and there's and it's not sustainable it's actually on some level and i hate to say this it's kind of sickening in a way and Mm -hmm. that what we really need to be doing is having the experience of being just like you said being in connection with people all the time always taking a look at how are we impacting people how are we impacting uh ourselves by what we're eating what we're doing and how we're being on the planet so i really like that uh, with that, we're going to start moving into a commercial break. And so don't go away because we're going to be back with my victim, our guest, Helen Hillix-Sasanto. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll hear something from Madame Mazurka and the Guru. So maybe. don't go away. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Bring Beth into your world in person or via the Internet. Learn how by visiting her website, BethGreen.org. At the website, sign up for her newsletter to keep abreast of her latest activities, blogs, videos, and more. Just for signing up, you'll receive a free PDF copy of Living with Reality, her 688-page volume that helps us understand ourselves in relatable terms, as well as offers a proven program to heal and co-create a better world. But there's more. Learn about Beth's four other books, both fiction and nonfiction. Check out her gorgeous music, which is heartfelt and mystical. Become acquainted with Beth and James's programs for healing and training and discover their community, the Stream Center for the New Spirituality, which welcomes you wherever you are in the world. All this and more can be found at Beth's website, www.bethgreen.org. Again, that's bethgreen.org. Bethgreen.org. 
the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You're tuned in to Inside Out with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To reach us on the show, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send us an email, the address is beth at bethgreen.org. Now, back to Inside Out. Welcome back. So good to have you. So we're talking about how we're going to turn this green, red, or blue business around for the holidays. And first we were talking about not using Christmas as an excuse to binge and uh, then give us a need to purge and how we should start being conscious every day about being in relationship to one another and nurturing ourselves every day. And James had a very important part, uh, point to make in the break, too, about how to turn this around. Yes. Uh, what came to me uh, while we were sharing earlier is uh, instead of uh, keeping the separation of Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, it, there's a trend now toward Happy Holidays. And uh, with that, I think we can move toward more of an integration of encompassing everybody's uh, special kind of way of celebrating that time of year. For example, uh, uh, before there was Christianity, there was celebration of the equinox, uh, the turning of the the turning point of the year, and so that could be celebrated. And uh, the Qantas, and uh, what about the Chinese New Year that follows shortly after that, etc. There's there's room under the big tent for everybody. And so if we can more and more think in terms of a happy holidays that includes all the different kinds of celebrations, including Hanukkah, etc., maybe we can get more and more away from the the entirely Christian focus of the Christ Mass, the Christmas, and more into a happy holiday for everybody because it's a turning point of the year, uh, the the longest night, the shortest day, and then the light starts to increase and we have a whole new cycle starting. So let's celebrate the completion of the year that we just had and the coming cycle ahead. I like that. I like that because then people aren't left out. That's one less reason for people to feel blue. And, you know, when you're talking about thinking of this period of time as the end of the old year and the beginning of the new, in the Jewish religion, there is a, there are two holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And Rosh Hashanah is... Uh, you know, the new year, and Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement. And really, this is a period where you're supposed to be looking at how you are and how you've been. And uh, really making yourself available to be in the oneness with God. Um, so it's, it should be a time of great reflection instead of the opposite. Because what people are doing around Christmas is they're using this as a time to go unconscious. This is an excuse to go unconscious about how you're eating, how you're spending money. Oh, I'm going to give myself a Christmas gift, the very thing that I know that I can't afford. Or I'm going to give in to my children this year, or that kind of thing. We're actually making ourselves more unconscious as we're coming into the new year. So, Helen, I'd like to to ask you if you have anything to ask either Madame Mazurka or the guru who might be willing to show up if invited. Well, I would certainly like to ask either one of them to show up because I think they have some words of wisdom that I would certainly like to hear uh, regarding their suggestions as to how to make Christmas every year and uh, every day, I mean, 
and every day be Christmas. Well, I have something to say, darling. This is Madame Azorka. Of you course you do. Figured this out. This is me. <laughs> well, what I would like to say to you is that when you're dead like I am, you have a completely different appreciation for all these days, uh, not only Christmas, but uh, every day of the year, every day of your life, because it's precious, it comes, it goes, it's over. You see, and so from my perspective, which is uh, you know arising from the grave to come to the program or a few other occasions, it's like I look at you people and I say, "You are a bunch of fools. You are having uh, so much wealth of uh, I mean even the poverty of today is nothing compared to the poverty of my time." or at many other times, and there, is, there are so many resources and so much wealth. Uh, you uh, people, poor people, uh, can sometimes uh, get on their cell phone and they listen to Voice America, and uh, <laughs> there is entertainment, and um, people make music, and there are so many opportunities to actually enjoy life and to experience life. And um, so my suggestion to everybody is to realize that uh, the days are short. You say the, sh- the days get shorter and shorter until December uh, 25th or 21st, uh, whenever the solstice is. I don't ask Madame Mazurka to remember numbers. And it's, it's hard enough uh, being dead. So, but, <laughs> but, uh, but to realize that every day is, you know, is an opportunity um, to be happy, that you're squandering and you squander, truly squander the holidays, um, rushing around, uh, going to parties with people where you drink too much or, or, or you eat too much or you feel uncomfortable or feeling distressed about the money and you are uh, blowing, or as you say, blowing the whole season. Well, thank you, Madam Mazurka, and I couldn't agree more that every day should be precious an opportunity to enjoy ourselves. And we don't have that attitude, do we? No, not at all. It's a... Uh, uh, it's always with humans who are alive, anticipating what is coming, regretting what isn't happening, or being sorry for what happened before. <laughs> uh, this is uh, a never-ending misery. Um, and all our, self-imposed. All self-imposed. And to everyone, to, everyone can sing if they have anything, they, they have voice and they haven't lost their vocal cords. You know, there's so much, so many ways to celebrate. Well, thank you very much. I, I, I really resonate with that answer. I do too. Uh, in fact, I am so that it's disgusting. Madam Mazurka, you blew my cover as usual. Well, Helen, would you like, you or James, would you like to ask the guru a question? I think it's James Stern. I do, too. Well, I'd like to ask the guru, uh, uh, do you have uh, some words to share with us about how we might uh, uh, become more integrated as one, as more of a a oneness, a wholeness, as one human family? Hmm. If I could tell you that, I would be a very rich guru. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the people are crazy. That is my lofty opinion on the, the human race. And I believe that one 
of the painful things about the holidays is the difference between who we are and who we pretend we are. And so what I would like to share is that at the holidays, there is this idea everyone will be cheerful and that everyone will be giving and uh, that people will be into the spirit. But that isn't who we really are, the humans. And so there is a lot of comparison. This is part of the blueness of this period, is that you are comparing yourself to who you think you should be and who you actually are. So I would dump Christmas personally, but it's not in my tradition anyway, so I don't really care. But I would say that you guys should uh, realize that you are making yourselves miserable because you are not the image of uh, the good uh, whatever you're supposed to be at Christmas time and you're just not that mm-hmm. oh that's well another shocker by the, <laughs> <laughs> the guru oh my god you never know what these guys are going to come up with <laughs> so we're but, not supposed to be striving to be better we're supposed to give up the idea that we should be <laughs> right <laughs> and, and enjoy the precious moments that do exist. Yes. Whether whether you're alone in a homeless shelter or whatever is happening, you can still sing if you've got a voice. That's right. That's right. Or you can listen if you have ears because some people don't have voices and some people don't have ears and some right. people don't have legs. And So I think that really the what our two co-hosts have really said sums up so much about uh, what we can do about this holiday season is to be in reality is to learn to live in reality in a state of grace to be in reality of how human beings are and not to expect if we're going to go to spend time with uh, some relatives not to expect them to be different from the way they were last year (laughs) (laughs) absolutely (laughs) right and not expect ourselves to be different uh, at this time of year than we are at any other time of year. But to really keep, I would say, and I'm sure that the Guru and Madame Mazurka would agree with this, that we are still not giving up on continuing to move forward in consciousness, as, as you were suggesting, Helen, uh, that we can become more giving, more loving, more self-expressed. And that brings, of course, uh, up the whole subject of where do we go from here into the new year and and to give ourselves something realistic, a realistic goal for ourselves, which is to take the next step, whatever that is for us. Well, I love what you're saying. It reminds me of your book, Living with Reality. And in the format, I believe it is, it talks about that connection it helps us to be in the greatest state of well-being possible in any given moment. And any given moment is just the next step for us. The, the greatest yeah. well-being possible yes. is just the, the whatever the next step is. The next step for you may be that you're depressed and today you're going to get up and take a shower. Yes. And that may be the greatest sense of well-being that you can accomplish on, you know, in that given moment. But as long as we feel that we're taking a step in our own conscious evolution, we're going to feel more grateful for our lives and the greatest sense of happiness that we can in that moment. We're not always going to be happy. I love what you're saying, too, because you see, now I'm beginning to agree with you, Helen. Um, (laughs) Partly because you plugged my book, Living with Reality, you can get it free of charge. It's a 688-page guide 
to uh, accelerated evolution and how to live on a daily basis. And you can go to the bethgreen.org, um, sign up for newsletter, you get the book free. Uh, please do take advantage of me. Uh, and uh, just the idea that we can change the way we feel about ourselves, that is the greatest gift we can give ourselves. Change the way we feel about ourselves by doing something that we feel good about, by taking the small step, by being in celebration of whatever gift we have, of taking the step of being slightly more loving in this moment, slightly more giving, or at least more conscious of how unloving and how ungiving we are at any given moment. When we do that, when we take any small step, we can feel like we are building something, not only for ourselves, but for the whole collective, because we are a part of the whole. Everything we do for ourselves, we automatically are doing for each other. And that is the greatest gift that we can give to anybody at Christmas or Hanukkah or any day of the year is to develop, help us to develop our self-love. So I'd like to thank Helen so much for coming and being on our show today. And hopefully um, our show will help someone out there who's struggling with being green, red, or blue to see that you are not alone. You're not the only one who is feeling uncomfortable or anxious or overeating or, you know, and blaming yourself or not being the person you think you should be. And that that, uh, contradiction between who we are and who we should be. Oh, yeah. We need to get rid of the shoulds and the idea of who we should be. But just keep stretching ourselves to be moving towards a better way of being that will help all of us. So thank you so much, Helen, for joining us. I'd like to invite you to come back very soon because in the new year I'd like to do a program about food, food addiction, and uh, fat. And um, I, I would love you to come and join us and share your experience as well as your experience as a therapist. And we'll let you know. We'll keep you posted on when that's going to happen. In the meantime, James, clue us in on what's happening next week, which is none other than Christmas Eve. Our next edition of Inside Out on Christmas Eve will be Meet a Different Mary Magdalene, one who is real and relevant to our times. In 1988, host Beth Green was inspired to write the autobiography of Mary Magdalene. Uh, she told to the author on the night of her death, this is a gut-wrenching first-person account of a woman who confronted extreme hardships, sexual abuse, discrimination, and the painful realities of her times, and who transcended anger and despair through scrupulous self-honesty. Her story is our story. Today we interview, well, uh, next week we interview Lynn Helix and Annette Hughes from the Streams Women's Group which is offering a Healing Arts Theater production of the book in January. They will present excerpts from the story and share how it has transformed them. Beth will also speak about the process of writing it. Fact or fiction, you will see the truth of yourself in Mary Magdalene. Man or woman, you will relate. Join us. Let's heal together from our own pain. and Let's reframe our views of Jesus and the crucifixion so we may help release the earth from 2,000 years of shame and blame. Perhaps Mary will join us. So you come and join us, won't you? And call in and email your questions or sharings in advance. And happy holiday to you. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, James, in just the last moments, I want to wish everybody some greater sanity in the next week. We hope that we have added to that sanity. (laughs) 
and uh, and I would like to pray that we support one another to be willing to be happy with the way life is rather than always longing for it to be different. So thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Listen for the next edition of Inside Out with Beth Green and James Maynard next Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.